Hello, and welcome everyone to the fourth edition of Tiger Kickoff, the podcast for the 2020 college football season. My name is Adam Cole, and I'm joined by our other two Missouri football beat writers at the Columbia Missourian, Max Baker and Andy Kimball. And we're coming to you from a pre-recorded podcast on the night of Thursday, October 8th, after what's been quite a weird week, honestly. Um, of course, things started with a loss for Missouri in Knoxville, and now... Uh, when we thought it'd be another road matchup in Baton Rouge against the defending national champs. Of course, you know, a hurricane is, is bringing everything a little bit north. Uh, certainly been a long week, but uh, I hope it hasn't felt as long for you guys. It's felt pretty long. You know, I mean, it's felt, it's felt pretty long. It's been a, you know, I thought we were sending someone to Baton Rouge and then now we're all going to the football game. So, and now it's at 11 a.m. and our, you know, it's just things are different. Yeah, no, I know. I know nobody else is. Well, I don't know. I would imagine people would probably complain about an 8 p.m. kickoff. I think I think anybody would. I think just about, about anyone would. <laughs> I know. I know the reporters aren't complaining about an 11 a.m. kickoff, but I would imagine some fans are. I, I, I was reading. I was watching a story today on KMU, and they were like local businesses with the shut. You can't open past I think 10:30, and so they were expecting that, that nobody was going to come to the restaurants because they were there was going to be no football on. You know, they were going to have to kick people out at the third quarter. So it's actually really helpful I mean, for people here in terms of businesses and more the more you know. I did not realize that. Yeah. Well, um, of course, that is coming up this Saturday, but a week ago Saturday, um, Missouri was in Knoxville, Tennessee um, for what ended up being a pretty ugly loss um, to a now number 14 uh, Tennessee football team. Um, what, what did you guys see in that game that was just – you know, maybe your biggest takeaway, what what surprised you, what didn't? Uh, I mean, kind of the biggest takeaway is that they were pretty much just as competitive against Tennessee as they were against Alabama. And the answer is really not very competitive, I guess. But, um, yeah, I mean, they kind of struggled with the same exact things. I mean, their defense wasn't super great. Their offense was pretty average. Um, I mean, they just really struggled to finish drives, so... Yeah, and they dropped a lot of passes. I mean, they dropped a lot of passes. There, I mean, the run. Adam, I'm sure you, you know, as being you were the one in Knoxville, but I, and you saw this, but from you know watching at home, I mean, the drop passes and the run defense, I think, were kind of the two main stories. But I guess if we're, if you're looking for something positive, it seems. I don't even know if it's positive because it seems Missouri may have found its quarterback because of the way because the Sean Robinson just wasn't playing well. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it was Connor Bates like really took that job. I think uh, he just kind of won it by default for now. I mean that's kind of the biggest takeaway from that game. I guess is or the biggest story of the week was Connor Bazelak is now the starting quarterback and there's no or on the depth chart. Yeah, I think that's in the most plain sense possible. I, I think that's the biggest win of the week. Um, but at the same time, I feel like, yeah, you know, like you mentioned, like Robinson was taken out because he wasn't playing well and it wasn't like we got the answer of, okay, like, you know, is Connor Basilak going to keep this up? You know, that's, I think still the biggest unknown because for all we know, you know, LSU has been keying in on Connor Basilak all week and maybe they come out and they have his number and all of a sudden Sean Robinson's back in, you know? So even though that's like the biggest win of the week, it's still, it's still unknown, but no, that defense definitely looked kind of rough. Um, kind of as an understatement, actually Just banged up just in the secondary. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was not a pretty sight, and the offense too was pretty. It was the drops. 
that was the big issue. And I know I think StatCast recorded only like five drops, but I got to be honest, I think it was closer to seven or eight. There were there were a lot of catchable passes that just did not, you know, whether they got straight up dropped or whatever else, um, receivers just didn't follow through. Um, and it's it's at a point where it's like, I'm not even sure what, what the remedy is for that offense. They can't seem to score points and it, it looks very bleak right I, now. I think I I know I kind of sound like a positive. I don't know what the you know I'm, I sound really positive at the moment. But I honestly, this is a year that Missouri wasn't going to win the SEC, and everybody knew that. I I mean, this is a year that they built the foundation for the years going forward. And to be honest, I honestly think that the first two weeks, um, they found their kicker and a freshman. So I mean, like as weird and as like probably like you're trying to you're stringing to find something good. I mean that's a positive. You got a kicker, and you got you might have a redshirt freshman quarterback for the next four years, which is you know for the next four years when you bring in Drinkwitz's recruiting classes, they might in a few years they might turn the corner. That's sort of how I see this. I understand they just don't. I mean, look great. Yeah, that's I, that's pretty big picture. Yeah, I, I mean it's big. It's it's not gonna it's not gonna look good in week three. It's not gonna look good in week four. But it's I think in the in the years down the road, there are some things that are happening now in terms of you have a true freshman starting at corner. You got to true freshman starting at kicker and you got a redshirt freshman at quarterback you got some building blocks yeah we'll say say, i will say the one thing that's funny like is even i mean earlier this week when people kept asking drinkwitz about harrison Mebus, he was like okay slow down he was like you know he's done good so far but i think eric link said this week what you're only as good as your next kick which is is true and i mean that 50 that 50 yarder was was that i can't even remember was that week one or week two it was 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 in knoxville it was in knoxville yeah no it was impressive but like it's still you know, the one thing that I'm really interested in is I think that Tennessee team is honestly even better than they were last year. You look at the offensive line up front, and I mean, what Ryan Walters even talked about it this week. They had a package that they'd bring out with two extra tackles, and he was like, we just had so much trouble against that. Um, you know, I mean, seriously, they've been – they had a running back last year who was 16th in the conference in rushing yards, and he's currently leading the conference in rushing yards through two games. And, you know, with all due credit to Ty Murphy, like I don't necessarily think that's because he's just – got phenomenal vision and knows how to cut through a hole. I think he's got an offensive line in front of him that, you know, really knows how to dominate. And obviously Alabama's Alabama, but I think, you know, to an extent, while you can look down the road and see these bright pieces that may turn into cornerstones of a program like Basilak and Rake Straw and all that. I also think, you know, we were kind of talking about it. This 10 game schedule, I think is really just kind of showing the talent of the SEC too. And I think, through three weeks, I mean, heck, it's really going to be through, well, through three weeks because they're going to have Vanderbilt, not as talented, but first three weeks are some incredibly talented. That's going to be opponents. a bar burner. That's going to be, I mean, you, you know, you, that's going to be must see. It's television. I mean, probably on a C network alternate uh-huh. channel again. A CC alternate? No, yes. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be. It's going to be super weird that they're playing LSU on the SEC alternate one week, and then they're probably going to be playing Vanderbilt on like main SEC network. Mm-hmm. I would imagine. I don't know if you're Mizzou and your kicker is probably your MVP through two weeks. You're not really. It's, well, yeah, it's not a good. Great. It's not a great sign. But I, I'm, and I'm not saying they're going to be. It's a good thing. It's definitely not a good thing. But I, I'm just saying, like when you have a pieces that you sort of you brought in and they yeah. were your few good pieces a few years ago, mm-hmm. and they're playing and they're starting for you. I mean, there's something. I mean, no. that's you know. Yeah. And Tennessee, Tennessee. This is a make or break. I, I know we're not on the Tennessee beat, but this is a make or break week for Tennessee against Georgia. I think we're going to see a lot about the SEC East this week if Tennessee beats Georgia. I mean, you might see like sort of a, you know, a twist or a turn, you know, to see if the Tennessees now can 
compete at the top of the division. You know, they've been kind of the middle of the pack for so long. Yeah. Is there, I mean, if you're Eli Drinkwitz and you look at this, what's the remedy? Is there a remedy? Do you just have to work through it in year one and just kind of settle? Or are there things that they can correct that will legitimately get them to a much better place than they are now? I mean, I think like, on offense, obviously, like honestly, they've like moved the ball okay. Like Darwin Tesman, good, but like through two games, like if you think about like drives, you want to get into at least like the opponent's thirty-five. Like that's generally like scoring position, and they've had nine drives in that territory in the first two games, and they only have twenty-four points out of those nine drives. So I think like you I'm need not to start major, but that doesn't sound yet. I mean, it's less. It, that, that's that's averaging less than a field goal for each of those drives, which is pretty bad. But um, I mean, the main thing is like when you score and finish up those drives with points, like that's the difference between being competitive. I mean, I'm not saying that if they score there, they win those games. They don't. But like, they don't need to think about winning games. They need to think about like being competitive in the third quarter of these games. So, Andy, are you telling me that when they get within the 35, they need to grab their nuts? They do, yeah, exactly. Really do. Yeah. Can you please give some context to that? I, I was going to say, yeah, I promise I'm not. <laughs> Larry Roundtree was asked last week at the end of the game what it what it takes to uh, what it takes to score in the red zone. score in the red zone, and we'll play the audio for you guys here in a second. But he basically said that um, you got to grab your nuts uh, and you just got to have some confidence. My, I'm not being you know funny, them, but you you got to have some pride in yourself and grab your nuts and know that you're going to score like that we're, we we came down in the red zone and we're going to score we got to finish we can't so yeah that was larry roundtree after the 35 to 12 loss to um now number 14 tennessee um so yeah that's maybe that's the mantra this week grab your nuts we've probably said it what five times i've probably said it five times. i'm not gonna right. we're I'm, not gonna say it again i'm not gonna um, say that's my mantra but yeah okay. no that, i'm saying that's mizzou's mantra but okay. kind of last thing on the last week in the sec week two um what's what stood out to you guys the most across the conference in week two i mean alabama's just really good I, that's that was the that was the number one thing i mean other than arkansas which i don't know that they're gonna win more than five games or anything like that you know i think mississippi state's gonna be really hit or miss with that air raid offense but I think Alabama was the sort of it was like, okay, yeah, they're still legit. They've just killed Texas A and M. No, yeah, I, I think definitely probably the most interesting win was the Arkansas win over Mississippi State because it like I, I don't know like it it simultaneously proved that Mike Leach is still just as inconsistent as ever, but also man, it almost makes you wonder if the biggest thing that Missouri's missing at this point on defense is Barry Odom. Because holy moly, I mean, he called a heck of a game. Yeah, the fact that, and it's funny too, because he still gave up what three hundred sixty-one yards through the air, but like he cut their passing totals in half from a week before when they were playing LSU and against Georgia. I mean, Auburn's defense couldn't stop Georgia last week, and it's Barry Adams' defense stopped him for a whole. I think they had eight points, seven points in the half. It was something, something like that. Something it was like well. it was like seven to five going yeah, into halftime. It was like a baseball score. That's it all I remember. Really was. Um, but yeah, and I'm still, I think, I don't know if I said it week one. I know we've talked about it. My hottest take is that if Arkansas didn't have a schedule where their opponents had a combined 90 wins, I really feel like they would actually shock some people this year. But, uh, you know, maybe the Mississippi State wins enough to shock some people. I don't know. They'll, they'll probably still finish with like two wins. But coming into this week, you've got the defending national champion LSU Tigers coming to town after a very weird series of events. Earlier this week, Tropical Storm Delta got upgraded to a Category 4 storm, I believe. 
They started they started talking Monday, I believe. Yeah, they started talking Monday and reports started coming out, I think, Tuesday that there were discussions. And then Tuesday evening, I believe it was Ben Arnett at KOMU who broke the news that they were officially going to move the game up to Columbia. And um, a lot of people had that confirmed, but, you know, the official report didn't come out until I believe it was, yeah, it would have been yesterday morning, Wednesday morning. And so now we're here. In 48 hours, they moved a game from Louisiana to Missouri, and it's still technically a home game for LSU. But, uh, you know, there's just going to be 11,700 Mizzou fans at the game. So, you know, no big deal. Looking at the on-field product itself, what sticks out to you guys? What's what's most intriguing? What, what do you think is going to happen? You know, I, the, you know, LSU, it's, it was just like a different story week one and week two. But obviously, I mean, you're playing Vanderbilt, Mississippi State. But, you know, again, it, it just shows like, you know, they have a new quarterback that is not Joe Burrow. I believe it was, I think it was Drinkwitz who was like, it, he's, you know, how you, someone asked, how do you compare Joe Burrow to, I think it was, I believe it was Drinkwitz who was like, yeah, you know, you can't really compare Joe Burrow to, you know, he was the number one pick. Um, they Brennan, um, you know, I don't, I don't, it's, it's really unknown. I mean, it's gotta be a strange week for LSU traveling a day early. I believe they're in Columbia now it's Thursday, um, a day earlier than they normally would be. Um, so they have, you know, that less, you know, less of a time to prepare. You got, it's just, it's, it's a different week. I mean, you're preparing to play in your home crowd. You I believe now they're playing three of four games on the road. Um, or it might be, I think, I believe that's what LSU's playing now, even though it's technically a home game. I mean, it's just going to be an interesting game. I don't know that you're going to see like a typical LSU, you know, with Derek Stingley led defense. You're just going to, you know, I think you're just going to see a lot of, you know, it's going to be a grinded out kind of game. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it'll be similar to last week, honestly. Like, I don't want to be too, like, skeptical, but, like, I just don't. I don't know what will really change in a week Yeah, between this team. Um, and also, like, LSU's secondary will be better with Stingley than they were against Mississippi State. And also, I mean, Missouri just hasn't consistently had those, like, big chunk plays through the air that uh, Mississippi State did, which is, like, beating their man coverage over the top was kind of how they got most of their yards and points, and Missouri just hasn't proved they can do that yet, so... I don't know that it'll be like a 41 to seven win like LSU had over Vanderbilt on the road last week, but um, I still don't think it'll be, I don't think it'll be pretty. I I don't think it's going to be a pretty game. I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't think Missouri's going to win the game. I just don't, I think LSU with just so much transition from last year already still trying to piece together, you know, a different sort of, I guess you got different personnel on your offense with new running back, new quarterback. You got, you lose two receivers. I just think, you know, is there still trying to piece things together and then a hurricane, you know, Missouri's traveling to LSU. I think it's probably similar to the last two weeks. But I just think this week, you know, I, I, I it's, it's just different. I think you have one less day to practice. You get everything kind of thrown off. You're in a hotel for two days. I mean, even with COVID, things are already thrown off. I just I see it being sort of low scoring. Neither team's offense is, you know, really, you know, that develops yet. I, that's kind of how I see like a 24-20, 24-14. Like Mizzou, pro, Mizzou probably keeps it close, but, you know, they'll, they'll probably lose is my guess. Is it what it was 24 14 your final prediction? I don't I feel like Mizzou might score more than 14 points. I but I also feel you know, I you know, maybe I think 24 to 17. I'll pick in the middle. I said 24 20 or 24 14. I think 24 24 17. 17. That's I think that's a good prediction. I if I had to give a final score, and this is pretty freaking arbitrary, but I'd say between as poor as that defense was last week, um, I also think I would imagine that. As much as we said how much can really change in a week, I would imagine that the offense figures it out a little bit. Larry Roundtree's looked pretty consistent. Um, it's just kind of a bummer because nobody else has. 
Um, I'd say final score is 35-20 LSU. Yeah, I think one thing that's in Missouri's favor is they do get Jarvis Ware back. He said today on um, like that Tiger Talk radio show that that they'll be back. So that'll help the Missouri defense, I think, a lot, especially in the past game. Um, and yeah, so I, I think like you're right, it could be a little closer, but Missouri's also, Drinkwood said today, they're down seven players because of COVID. So I think that, so I think depending on who's out, that kind of uncertainty might go both ways. Oh yeah, so, I mean if they if, if if they lost seven quarterbacks, I don't think you know. Yeah, I that's true. I know, I, I know you can't play technically because SEC rules, yeah. but yeah, but yeah, I'm gonna go um, 24 uh, 13. Ooh, low scoring too on the same page. Yeah, I think wow. I, I, I think that makes sense. Um, but I just don't. I think LSU's defense will continue to improve because they're a younger unit too, like Missouri's is, and so I think that getting more continuity will kind of help them as well. So did you think Missouri's offense figures that out a little bit or no? Not really. I think it'll just take time. Um, I mean, like, I we don't know how like how many like reps like if Bazelak and Robinson are sharing reps with the ones. I think that makes it harder to develop chemistry with receivers. So like Bazelak developing chemistry with Bazelak with Bazelak Bazelak will hopefully develop chemistry with himself. <laughs> Sean Robinson well. threw a pass to Sean Robinson. So. That's yeah, true. That's, that's true. true. I mean, you know, that's yeah. important. But um, with like Hazleton and Chisholm, it might take longer. Um, I mean, who knows? Maybe it doesn't. They figure it out this week. But I think that. I think it'll be a longer process. A one point improvement by your overall score prediction. So a yeah. little bit, a little bit hey, improvement. Yeah. One point. There you go. Alrighty. Well, now it is time for our favorite game of the week. Um, the mascot melee. Uh, here's our breakdown. Each week, we're going to give you our predictions of who would win in a fight. Truman Tiger, Truman, the tiger, excuse me, or Missouri's opponent mascot and as of last week, we're adding in a little spice, a little flair, a little variety, if you will. And um, Max, Andy, and myself are all going to pick our favorite mascot matchups from around the country this week before we get into the the head-to-head of Truman and, and LSU's mascot, which we'll touch on in a second. And uh, Andy... Um, Andy, we're actually going to save you for last because you've got a pretty good, you've got a pretty good, uh, pretty good matchup here. You got a pretty good explanation. Right. So Max, I feel like he was given like the debate questions before me. I, I feel like you know the answers. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is a little. We know. all know the answers. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I, I got mine. Mine are secret. You don't know mine. Right? Okay, okay. Go ahead. What yeah. Is, what is your? What is your <laughs> I think I got the best one. I got uh, the UTEP Miners. Look out! You know, I mean, you do not want to run into UTEP right now. Three and one, right now. UTEP. I mean. They're playing well. I yeah. I, Thirty-one to six last week over Louisiana Monroe. Who's their head coach? They got a good one. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> they play Ab. I mean, they had a rough one against Texas. It was fifty-nine to three, but like they put up, you know, it was there were three points. Like, three points. Yeah, I mean, they've won two of the last three or three of the last four. If you want to go, you know, you want to go back three and one. And the reason why I like the USAP Miners right now is because their mascot is the Miners, obviously, as I said, um, but. It, the reason I like it is because in the vice presidential debate, if you watch that, there was a big talk of fracking. So I think with current events, minors, I don't know a lot about fracking. I wrote a paper on it in high school. I know I learned about both sides of the issues. Don't I can't say I really remember all that much from the paper, but yeah. it, it was an interesting paper as I've been talking. There's they, a Simpsons episode on that, actually. Yeah. They, they're, they're facing Louisiana Tech Bulldogs, which are just – that's not an interesting mascot. I hate to break – it's a bulldog. Like <laughs> – I don't. I don't. I'm sorry. So, so I take it you're you're a fan of UTEP here. I I, I like UTEP. They they Louisiana Tech lost to BYU by 31. Like no, yeah, you can't. It's tough to bounce back from that. 
you got to go with the miners. I mean, they're already riled up this week about the fracking under the bait. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to roll we with are, the miners. We are not sticking to sports here on this podcast. Well, I'm today. not I'm not saying how I feel about fracking. No, I, mean, I, I, know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. If anything, but, I'm making a joke. No, I know. <laughs> oh, it was a fun one. Yeah, I didn't watch. Um, but... So we got UTEP and Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech. There's a lot of Louisianas. Yeah. Um, I believe if you are interested in watching that game, it is on ESPN2 Saturday at 6.30. There you go. Look out for the minors. <laughs> My matchup is not as fun of a small school hoedown, but I think it's got some pretty interesting mascots. It's honestly probably going to be a pretty good game. Um, if you want to tune in, it's it's on ABC at 11 a.m. Um, on Saturday. North Carolina versus Virginia Tech. North Carolina is ranked number eight in the country. I don't know how that happened. I don't know how we got there. Um, and then Virginia Tech's number 19. But I like this matchup a ton because you've got the Tar Heels, which is actually a state-specific nickname. Um, but then, of course, the actual mascot um, for North Carolina is a ram named Ramses, which I think is pretty fun. And then for Virginia Tech, you've got the Hokies. And if you didn't know what a Hokie is, it's actually just a nickname for a Virginia Tech fan. I swear to you, that is what the definition is. That's what it was when I looked it up. You'd think, you'd think of all the people that go to that school, they would come up with a more creative nickname. I mean, for real. And the mascot, the Hokie bird, actually looks kind of like a turkey. So their nickname before they were the Hokies was the Gobblers. Hence, you've got the turkey mascot. Always pick them on Thanksgiving. There you go. There you go. It's not Thanksgiving, so I don't know that I think it's not Thanksgiving. I, I don't like the I don't like the Hokies. It's not Thanksgiving. If we're picking anyone, if we're picking anyone, I mean, I think clearly a Ram would win in a fight with a turkey, but I just like Hokie Bird too much. I okay. think it's such a silly mascot. So if I had to pick anyone, I'd go with Virginia Tech here. Right. Andy, yeah. the much anticipated matchup. Yeah, this better be good because I don't know what it is. I'm very excited for your explanation. <laughs> yeah. So my matchup is the Tulane Green Wave versus the Houston Cougars. The game's actually going on while we're recording this podcast, so I think Tulane's up. So you'll like know three last I saw what's ha- what's happened after, and so hopefully Tulane pulls through. But I think the Green Wave is the deadliest mascot in college football, and I'm gonna explain why. And it's not in light of hurricanes, um, but it's just because if you look at this wave, this Green Wave, kind of the mascot, it's got eyes and like a nose and like a little like sm- a little like smirk. It has a nose. It does, and it has like a, it has like wave arms. So like, it's not just like a wave; it's like a conscious, like autonomous wave. And I think that's really the key here, because like the biggest like counter to a wave is you can like move out of the way. But not if it's grabbing you. Exactly. Like having that like consciousness is like the the Since piece. Since when there. can you move out of the way of a wave? I mean, if it's like, like you can back up. Like think about it. like this week, like Louisiana is like. LSU is like, oh, this well, it's, not, yeah. it's, it's bigger than a wave, you know. Yeah. But like, they're like, they're just moving out of the way. Louisiana yeah. State. I mean, honestly, that is that's actually so. Like, I'm just point. I like that's the thing is like, I was thinking of like a physical wave in the ocean, like a, yeah, like, you know, you go surfing, you go fo- surf over the wave. I mean, if you're submerged yeah. in like if you're surrounded by water, you can't. Really kind of like you, it's move out of the way. Yeah, okay, all right, yeah. But like this wave can grab you. This wave can move towards you. It can see you. Like. It can't smell you, though. I will say you were wrong about the nose. The oh, green wave well, does not have a nose. That, well, that, that is a that, deal that hurts breaker. It. That is, yeah. There you go. But, I mean, I just think, I just don't know what animal can, like, beat that. Like, this water can grab you and kind of, like, engulf you, like, you know. It's a fair point. And as they are currently down 18 to Houston, duh. They are? Yeah, they are. Oh, gosh. 49-31. <sighs> 
What's how much time's left? There was not a lot of time. Oh uh, well, they'll do it. They'll there, do it. There is a little over ten minutes to play. To oh, win. Andy spoke it into existence. It's got to happen now. Oh, they okay. if they bring the green wave onto the field, they'll win. I'm just saying. There okay. you go. Well, we are getting into our, I guess. I don't know what you want to call it, our, our Mizzou matchup of the week. And ladies and gentlemen, this is a big one. This is our first Tiger versus Tiger matchup of the year. You've got Truman the Tiger versus Mike the Tiger. Um, and we'll give you a little bit of information here about Mike um, and the Tiger nickname itself. Uh, much like Mizzou, actually, the Tiger nickname at LSU um, references Civil War era um, regiments. The only difference is that the Tiger nickname for Missouri references um, Union era military regiments, whereas the Tiger nickname for LSU references Confederate era military regiments. Um, LSU has two mics. There's a costume mic and there's a live version. Um, there's not a lot of crazy cool info out there on the costumed version of Mike, but he does have his own entourage of students called Team Mike. Uh, they were formed in 2005, um, and they do a lot of different things, whether that's getting him to different games, um, helping him get on his costumes. They even travel with him to the annual mascot competition um, at Disney World every year in Orlando, Florida. Um, probably the more interesting mic is the live one itself. Um, Louisiana State actually received their first Mike the Tiger in 1936, um, and he was purchased from the Little Rock Zoo for $750. Every student on campus donated $750. Every student on campus donated a quarter. Um, and he was renamed in honor of Mike Chambers, who was LSU's athletic trainer at the time. Mike is always a Bengal tiger. That is his breed. I believe we are currently on the seventh Mike, and he is a mixed breed of tiger. He's not entirely a Bengal. Uh, but as of 2005, he does have his own $3 million habitat on Louisiana State's campus. Well, that is a lot of info. There you go. That's a lot to think yeah. about. It's, it, you've got the more intriguing Tiger, I will admit, with LSU, but we've got, much like last week, um, we've got two mascots fighting Truman here. In the first place, we've got Mike the mascot, the costumed version. That's not fair. You don't get two Mike. Not at once. You get the you get, we'll, No, we'll, go through, we'll go through the costume mascot, and then we'll go through the live The animal. live Tiger? No. We, <laughs> hey, you come play. on. Come on. No. Come on. we got to walk through it, Max. All right. These are the rules. All right, yeah. The These are the rules. rules. You're right. You're right. So got Truman the Tiger and Mike the Tiger, the costume tiger, meeting at the 50 at Memorial Stadium. Who you guys got? I, that's, this is, I'm utterly confused. Um, this is, it seems like it's dishonest. Why it's, does it seem like it's dishonest? You, the two mascots? Like, we'll get, it, they it's can't not fight like two mascots them. at once. It's, we're going through hypotheticals here, Max. It's, all right, that's fair. I, you know, I, I think both of the LSU Tiger mascots are going to be suffering from a severe lack of confidence when they have the other one watching on. Just there's a lot of pressure. I mean, to be the better mascot. So I honestly, I mean, you got to give me the Mizzou. You got to give me the Mizzou. Truman. I mean, give me Truman. If there's gonna, if they're gonna be looking on, you know, worried or you know, who's if it's like you got a competition as to both who the better mascot is. Are you telling me you think Truman the Tiger would be a live tiger? There's there seems to be a lot going on behind the scenes that we're not, you know. You you also seem to be assuming that like one's just gonna be watching. I mean, what else would he be doing? I mean, he'd be. I I don't know. The live one would be in a cage somewhere. I'm assuming. Does he stay in the cage during the fight? Because that's tough to win. I don't know. Yeah. this is this is the complications of two mascots. I mean, 
there's just a, there's a lot going on. There's a lot more to think about this week. I didn't even I should have honestly prepared a little harder, but I honest you know I, my gut says that they're going to be suffering from a severe lack of confidence. Like when you have a quarterback battle, you don't win with two quarterbacks. Like I mean, you, you don't win with two. I don't. You don't win with two tigers. I mean, that's you give them one drive, and you know. I mean, it worked with 2013. Yeah, you know, Mizzou, Mizzou had two quarterbacks, Matty Mock and James Franklin, and you know it worked. But they they lost an SC championship. You're not going to win with two tigers. So you're sorry. T- so you've got Truman winning both these matchups. Yeah. God, ooh, that is that is a choice. That is a choice. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't be wrong. Aren't you like? Aren't you like three straight weeks of picking Truman, no matter what? I, I mean, as of now, there's been no reason for me to pick against Truman. Are we going to see you go ten straight weeks of picking Truman? I gotta look. I, I don't. Swear, I don't. As of right I now, swear. I don't know what a Commodore is, it's, so it, I'm gonna have to look that one up. Oh <laughs> well, if I had to pick, I think I know who you're picking based on your arguments here. Oh my god! If I, I mean, if I had to pick Truman and Mike's the costume tiger, I guess I would say. <laughs> It comes down to the type of costume again this week. I know the last couple of weeks I've said that that Truman costume is a little more aerodynamic, probably easier to move in. But here's the thing. Mike looks like he's meant to bash some skulls in. Truman doesn't. Truman looks like he's meant for a photo op and a high five. Like Mike is here to fight. So if I had to go with it, I'd, I'd go with the costume version of Mike in that matchup. And the Truman, of course, is the, you know, the classic fighting two mascots. You know, when you get in the ring and you fight another mascot, right? Isn't that... not, that's not... Yo, he, does, he get, does he get a day off of rest? I mean, I guess if that's the way we're looking at All it. Right, we get a, he gets a day off. Advantage Truman He gets again. an entirely separate <laughs> matchup. But it's a live tiger. In a cage. No, it's no, out that, of the cage. It's well, out of the cage for the fight. Cage, so. well, there's a lot to think about. He might be in the cage and then he's just done. He's what? So anyways, I'm picking both mics here. Okay. Max, you're ridiculous. You're absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Andy, yeah, you, bring some sensibility yeah. here. Come on. You heard it from you heard it here first. Max Baker saying if you have two mascots, you have none, you know. <laughs> but um yeah, I think the live tiger that's a pretty easy win. Um luckily for Truman, that's probably not happening this weekend um that's because true. of un- 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 unfortunate circumstances I, and event you also factored um, into my decision i was gonna say yeah. i don't think mike technically travels but this is all hypothetical come on yeah um yeah. i agree with you adam that mike the costume tiger would win for those same reasons truman looks kind of dorky i'm gonna be honest um and i don't think he's really really up to the challenge in terms of the physicality but if we look at history here Truman the Tiger, named after uh, Union soldiers. They're 1-0. and Mike, named after Confederate soldiers. They're 0-1. I, I don't think that past you, strength of schedule and past performance really matters at this point. But, you know, so yeah, I'll go with Mike both times too. That's a good point, though. I mean, really, Mike does come in 0-1 here. Man. Mm. Well, uh, that is the fourth edition of Tiger Kickoff, the podcast for the 2020 football season. I'm your host, Adam Cole. Uh, joined by Max Baker and Andy Kimball. Uh, if you want to find our stuff on Twitter, you can follow us at Cole Reporter, at Max Baker underscore 15, and at by Andy Kimball. And if you want to check out all the great sports work that the Columbia Missourian does, you can follow them on Twitter at Como Sports, or you can head to www.columbiamissourian.com slash sports. <laughs>